Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning, Transformation Church. Y'all doing good today? Come on, give it up for Jesus this morning on Baptism Sunday. Come on, let's give him our best, Lord. You're worthy of praise and worship, God. You're worthy of our best today. We believe, God, that we're going to make it through today. We believe, Lord, that you haven't lost the battle yet. We believe that, Lord, no matter what kind of winds come or, or what kind of storms hit our house, you said they will come. And that, uh, Lord, as they, as they blow on our life, that they cannot succeed. We thank you because you said our house is built on a rock. Lord, I pray that today we can dig down a little bit deeper and put our foundation on the rock. Lord, we, we dig through sand today. We dig through stubble. We dig through uh, some of the debris. Lord, we dig down in our hearts today and we lay our foundation on you on the rock Christ Jesus. We thank you that you brought us this far and you're not about to leave us. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, look at somebody and say, he brought you this far. Look at the person you ignored and say, you're going to make it too. <laughs> we are um, in a, in a bap- today's baptism Sunday. Obviously, you can see that. And um, we just ended a, a series and Easter was amazing. Come on, guys. We had so many people uh, say yes to Jesus and respond and and we got a bunch of people signed up for water baptism today. I see everybody in some of the shirts over here. I'm so proud of you guys for taking steps of faith in water baptism today. And then we have a, a lot of people signed up for next service as well. And so we celebrate all together uh, in that. And I'm going to preach a message specifically. Usually I don't do this. We're moving water baptism to the end of service today. I just felt from the Lord that I wanted to preach a message on water baptism for the, the whole entire service today. And so I'm going to uh, look at uh, Jesus' water baptism and uh, what God did there and uh, how it really applies to us. And then I want to encourage, listen, I want to encourage some of you. Some of you came to church today and uh, you love God. You've never been water baptized. And, and today's your day. Like I, 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 every week people get an opportunity to give their life to Christ. Maybe you've never done that. Today's an opportunity for you to say, you know what? I'm tired of uh, trying to run my own life. I'm ready to really surrender to Jesus. I want to become a Christian or I want to give my life back to him. You know, how many know it's tiresome running your own life? Come on, man. <laughs> Where, like, to think about trying to run my own life, it tires me out. When you look at all the situations in the world, I'm like, thank you, God, that you can lead my life. But also, the next step after salvation, after giving your life to Jesus, is water baptism. Some of you did that as a little kid, and it meant nothing to you. Some of you have never done it. And, and listen to me, water baptism is not just some little trinket add-on to salvation. It, it, is, it is the real deal. There is very biblical uh, faith steps in water baptism. And I want to uh, show you what God does, not just by tradition or by ceremony, but like by putting faith in what God can do through water. God used water all through the Bible to save his people. He used water all through the scriptures. There was power in baptism and power in, in water. The Bible also talks about water being the Holy Spirit, like into life that's in water. And so I want to encourage you, listen, as you listen to this message, listen to it for your brothers and sisters that are taking that step today, but listen to it for yourselves as well. And, and maybe you took, you've been water baptized and this day, it's not for you, but I'm gonna, I promise I'm going to share some things with you uh, by the scriptures that are going to open your eyes up to what God can afford you through that step of faith that you took. And so at the end of this message, there's going to be an opportunity. We have shorts, we have shirts, we have, we have uh, blow dryers, we have flip-flops, we have everything that you need. I'm telling you up front, don't turn me off, don't tune me out. I'm telling you up front, like there's going to be an opportunity at the end for you to step out of your seats and to go get some clothing and to step into this water baptismal tank. And I promise you life will be different. Any, any, anybody believe that with me? 
I, I promise you. And so, and so I'm going to share some things. This is, uh, I'm going to look at Jesus water baptism. This is what it says. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew three. This is Jesus coming out party right here. This is the Lord. He's 30 years old. This is his debut concert. This is him stepping up to the plate for the first time. This is him, his first professional game. This is Jesus stepping on the scene and saying, I'm the Messiah. Basically. I mean, he's showing up publicly for ministry for the first time at 30. John the Baptist, his cousin, he's not the mainliner. He's just the opening act. John the Baptist is going to step up. He's going to say some things as the opening act. And then all of a sudden we see Jesus step into his ministry and some things happen uh, that really happened in his life that we can have applied to our life. Matthew 3, 11 through 17 says this, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. And so, so, so John the Baptist is out in the Jordan River. Uh, many believe it's the same spot where the Jews were circumcised at Passover before they crossed the Jordan River into the promised land. Many people believe this is the exact same spot that John the Baptist is baptizing people's hearts for circumcision and, uh, of sin. And, and so now, thousands of years later, here's John the Baptist in the same spot the Jews crossed into the promised land. And so, so he, he's coming out and he's saying, repent, like change your life, right? So all these people that got issues in their life, anybody got issues in their life? Come on. If you don't have them, that's your issue if you think you don't have them. And so, and so all these people with issues are coming out and John the Baptist is baptizing them. And then all the Pharisees come out and Sadducees like you brood of vipers, like who told you to come out and, and get baptized? He's like, he knows their heart. So, so the, the scenario is all these people with a lot of problems like us coming out to get into the water and John the baptizer baptizing them under repentance. He says, he says, uh, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who's coming is after me is mightier than I whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, uh, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John, listen to this. Here, here, look, you got to get the picture. And John tried to prevent him. He's like, no, dude. Now hold on, man. No. Like, he's telling Jesus no. How many of us do that sometimes? Like, he's like, no. Like, no. Jesus, you know, I'm not going to do it. He's like, I'm your cousin. I know who you are. You're, you're the lamb of God. Like, like I, 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 can't, I can't permit you to do it. But Jesus, but Jesus answered. He says, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for all righteousness. Then John allowed him. He said, okay, you can do it. But when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened. This is what I want to look at today. These thoughts here. The heavens were opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. So Holy Spirit's involved. Uh, the Father's involved. The Son's involved. Can I tell you, this is the first time in Scripture that all three are present. You think baptism is not powerful? All three show up. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all present. At the, and this is the first time ever in the Scriptures where they're all three present together like this. He says that, that, that suddenly the, the heavens are open and he saw the spirit of God descend like a dove and land on him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven. That's the father's voice saying, this is my beloved son. That actually means chosen or marked. This is my chosen or marked son by love and whom I am well pleased. I mean, an amazing scene at Jesus water baptism. I gave a title to it today. What just happened? What just happened? Look at several people say, what just happened? Oh, that was like one person. Look at several people. <laughs> And say, what just happened? <laughs> Father, thank you 
for your word. Thank you that it is real and alive and quick and powerful and will do its work today. We give you glory and honor, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Amen. Anybody say, anybody heard that term? I hear it all the time. What just happened? Or, well, that just happened, or that just happened. It's like something kind of unbelievable just happened, right? Or something. Um, and, and I was looking up kind of professional sports, what just happened moments, bloopers. And, 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 and there's all types of videos on different uh, basketball players and football players in the professional realm of things that, like, that, that shouldn't have happened that happened. Some of them, a lot of them are like amazing plays that like, whoa, that happened. But many of them on the professional level are like, on the professional level, like that shouldn't have happened. Like they shouldn't have messed up that bad. How in the world did that happen? Years ago, I was at the Masters uh, Golf Tournament in Augusta, and they're the best golfers in the world. And uh, it was on a Thursday, and I was watching one particular player play, and it's a par five. And if you have any golfers, you know that a par means you get the five. It's what you're supposed to get. This professional golfer is is standing by this little river. Uh, it's called Ray's Creek, and he hits it into the creek. Uh, hits it onto the green, and it rolls into the creek, and everybody's like, oh. And then he hits another one into the creek, and everybody's like, oh, this is bad. And then he hits another one in the creek. This dude takes a nine on a par five, okay? That, if you don't play golf, that's bad. You're supposed to take a five. He takes a nine. And so everybody is like, in, and this dude was leading. And we, I mean, it's Thursday. He's doing great. He's a favorite. And we're all looking at him. And, and at the buzz, you can feel the buzz amongst the crowd. We're like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? Like what in the world? And we were all kind of, we were all kind of glad it happened. Here's the bad thing. Because, because we were like, wow, if that dude who's that good, if he can do that bad, there might be hope for us to do that good. <laughs> and we had this moment of identification because we knew we played golf bad. And now all of a sudden, here's one of the best in the world that's playing as bad as we're playing. And so all, that might give us a little identification to think, well, maybe one day there's hope for me. Maybe I could, could, get, could get a par on this type of hole as well. And so there was this hope in the crowd. What's happening here when John the Baptist is coming to baptize Jesus and Jesus walks out and says, I got to get in the water. John the Baptist says, no way. He prevents him. He goes, you can't do it. Why? Because John the Baptist is saying that it's sinners and wicked people coming to get in the water. That, that it's lost people coming to get in the water. You're the lamb of God. You're the, you're the faithful one. You're the perfect one. You're, the, you're, you're everything. No way you can get in the water because if you get in the water, that's going to tell everybody around that you're just another sinner like us. Everybody's going to think that they can identify with you. You can't just, Jesus, no. And Jesus goes, no, it needs to be done so that all, everything fitting for righteousness shall be done. What, what he's saying is, I did come to identify with you. I did come to get a, a nine on a par five. <laughs> I, I did come to, to, to say that I'm I'm understanding and I'm sympathetic to what you're going through. I did come to get in the water that sinners and wicked people and lost people and people with issues are getting in the water to face. I understand what you're going through. I understand your predicament. I understand I'm getting down on your level and I'm getting in the water. Jesus gets in the water. He, John I always wondered, why did John say, no, you can't get in the water? Because he didn't want everybody to think that Jesus was just on our level. And the reality is that when Jesus got in that water, for you and I, it means that if, if divinity could, could identify with humanity, humanity can identify with, with divinity. Yeah. That, that if, the best, if the best could become the worst, then it gave hope for the worst to become the best. 
And, and that's what God did at water baptism. When Jesus steps into the water, he's saying, I identify. And so I stand with Christ. I go down into the water. I remember year 2000, Y2K. Anybody remember Y2K? Man, I thought the world was ending. I got water baptized that night going into the year 2000. 1999, baby, into 2000, I'm going under. And, and so I thought the computers were shutting down. We were, we were getting, but, but it doesn't have to be a Y2K moment, right? You can, you can take a step of water baptism just because Jesus did. And you can identify with him. And I think that you and I can identify with several of the things that happened at his water baptism because he stepped into the water. Therefore, we can identify. I'm going to give you five things that you can identify with today. If you've been water baptized before, I want you to identify with these things. If you never have, today's your day to identify. Those of you that have got the shirt on and you're ready to take steps today, this is, this is for you today. Identify with the word of God today. It says, the Bible says, the heavens were opened. It's the first thing. Jesus got into the water and the heavens were opened. I, I love this. There's an open heaven. We were praying this morning. There's an open heaven in the earth because of Jesus. Because of Jesus and Jesus alone, there's an open heaven. What does that mean? That means that you can expect good in your life. You can expect God in your life. You can expect heaven to invade and intercede and get involved in your life. Well, I'm just, you know, things have just been going so good. I'm just waiting for the other, other shoe to drop. Yes, y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, well, like it, it, this can't last this long. I mean, these three or four good things happen in my life, but it can't last this long. We're on a roll now, but I'm just waiting for, for something bad to happen. Come on, that, so many times humanity lives that way, and we even as believers can think and live that way. We have 60,000 thoughts a day, and we don't manage them so well so often. And the reality is there's an open heaven because of what Jesus did. He got into that tank. He died, obviously, but when he stepped into the water, the, the, the heavens opened. Jesus makes a, an open heaven over my life and over your life. I just want to encourage you, expect good, expect God, expect an open heaven, expect for the favor of God to get involved in your life. I want to believe for favor. And I think that, and I want to encourage you, you can grow in favor. Like, so there's an open heaven and God wants to get involved, but you can also grow in favor. Look what the scripture said in Luke 2, 26. It says this, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, or he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Jesus actually grew in favor. And so I say it like this often, grace is a gift, but favor ain't fair. Like, like a lot of times, listen, favor, a lot of times, it's, it, it's through trust and obedience. Like Jesus obeyed. And so as we walk with God in obedience and we walk with God in faithfulness, favor is not equal in everybody's life. It's just not. Favor is not fair. Like I got three kids. I love them all. I've graced them all. They get, they get uh, just, they get stuff they don't deserve because they're my kids. That's what grace is. Right. But can I tell you, they ain't all, they don't all have the same amount of favor every week. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> Can I tell you, come on, if you're a parent, like the, the, one, like the ones that ain't bugging me that week, they got more favor. The ones, that are, the ones that are doing what I ask them to do who, without complaining and cleaning up their room. and I mean, listen, I love them all. They all have a bed. They all have food. They've all got electricity. They've all got everything that's afforded. But, but when, when it's on the side and one of them wants a little something extra, a little extra $5 or a little extra blessing or a little extra something, I'm like, mm, you know, don't tell anybody else about this. You're doing good this week. I love you. I love you with a little extra favor this week. Y'all, all you parents know what I'm talking about. And the kids are like, that ain't fair. It ain't fair. 
Your brother and sister did what I asked. I'm saying ain't a lot today. I'm going to stop saying that. It's not fair. And I just, I just think like you can grow in favor. And so steps of obedience, steps of saying, you know what? I'm going to follow God. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going to get water baptized. I'm going to, I'm going to believe for an open heaven over my life. I'm going to believe for good in my life. You can grow in that. And so I want to encourage you to be faithful, walk in obedience, just follow Jesus. And, and, I, and I think over the years, as you walk faithfully with God, God's going, okay, that one, he, he or she's been faithful. Like I can count on that, right? I think there's something powerful in that. The second thing, it says the Holy Spirit comes on him. So heaven opens up. There's an open heaven. I'm so thankful that we're, we're, the heavens aren't locked up in this day and age. There was a time in the Bible that says the heavens were locked up. The heavens are open because of Jesus, not because of any thing we did, but Jesus has opened up the heavens. Holy Spirit comes on him. Number two, believe for God's power and peace in your life. Number one, believe for God's favor in your life. Number two, believe for God's power and peace in your life. Holy Spirit is really power and peace. Holy Spirit comes on Jesus. Do you know Jesus did not do one miracle as God? And I, people will argue with that. He, did, he, did, he was all God, but the Bible, he didn't do any miracles until the time the Holy Spirit came upon him. So he did miracles just like a, a man or woman empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so there's hope for you and I to go, you know what? We can walk in power. We can walk in the miraculous because the Holy Spirit's on our life. He wasn't, so, you know, it was, it was the Holy Spirit that did it. He's called Jesus Christ. Christ, it means the anointed one. So you and I, that's why it's called the body of Christ. It's not called the body of Jesus. Jesus' body is in heaven. We're the body of Christ. What's that? The body of the anointed one. We're the body of the Holy Spirit. We have power. We walk in authority. We walk in victory. So you can believe for power, you can believe for authority, you can believe for peace in your life. My three kids, they would dress up when they would, at Christmas, they put on their, when they got costumes, they put on little Batman costumes, little Superman costumes, little princess costumes. How, how many of you know if you've got kids, their whole personality changed when that costume goes on? You know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden there's power. Like you got to talk them off the ledge. Like you can't fly. Can't do that. <laughs> You know, but, but they'll, they'll hit you harder. They'll run around like, I'm about to knock you out. You're hitting me. Like, I know you got the Superman cape on, but I'm still daddy. Come on, somebody. You know, don't, don't. And there's this power. Same thing. If the Holy Spirit comes on you and the power of God's on you, there's a different attitude. There's a different strength. There's a different power on your life. And I'm just tired of believers being bullied by the enemy all the time. When we've got power and peace by the, by the Holy Spirit. When you, when you go into the water today, I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Spirit's coming on your life in a new way. I think that there's power. There's power for peace. There's power, there's, there's power to guide you to peace as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little odd verse here today. Holy Spirit took it to me this week. Uh, Genesis 8, uh, 6 through 12. I want to share the story of Noah. Uh, this is the first place we see water baptism show up. Water baptism shows up in the story of Noah. God says, you know what? I, I want to save some people. And so he, Noah, build a boat. And so God gives instructions to this man named Noah and his family, eight of them, to build a boat. God says, I'm going to rain. I'm going to bring judgment on the earth. And, and that judgment, that water, that flood, that baptism is going to drown out the wicked things in the earth. 
Jesus in Romans 6, 4 says that you'll be buried with baptism, risen to new life. I'm going to bury the wicked things. I'm going to bury the sinful things. I'm going to bury some stuff in the water. And then, and then God tells Noah that the water that's going to drown out the world, you're going to get in a boat. I'm going to shut the door. That's salvation. If you read the story, God actually shuts the door. The door is shut by God himself. When the door shuts, now the water floods the earth and the water lifts the boat up and takes the boat to a place of promise and peace. But the Holy Spirit shows up in the middle of this story. It's an amazing picture. And then I'm talking about the power of the Spirit today. In, in verse six, it says, so it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had made. And then he sent out a raven, which kept going to and fro, to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. Look, now look at the contrast. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground, but the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, meaning the raven did. And she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself, and he waited yet another seven days. And again, he sent the dove out from the ark. Then the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth, a picture of peace, a picture of promise, a picture of the, the, the new land and the new life that God had for them. So he waited yet another seven days, sent out the dove, which did not return to him anymore." So this picture of water baptism, there's salvation. The eight people get inside the ark. God closes the ark. That's Jesus. We get into the, into the Jesus ark. Uh, our life is saved. He shuts the door, and then the floods of baptism come. The water drowns out the old wicked lifestyle on the planet, and it, and it frees us. And in the middle of all that, the Holy Spirit shows up, but we get a choice. We get the raven or we get the dove. He sent out the raven, and the Bible says that it went to and fro and found no resting place for its feet, so it never came back to the boat. What was it doing? It was landing on rotten, dead carcasses that were floating in the water. The raven was landing on dead flesh and consuming dead flesh. When, when Noah put the Holy Spirit out, it would not land on dead flesh. It said it found no resting place for its feet, so it returned to Noah and he took it into himself. And then the moment that it found life, the moment that it found promise, the moment that it found an olive branch, the moment that it found something new for the people of God, man, come on, am I helping anybody today? It, Noah, Noah took it into himself and then released it. And then all of a sudden the, the dove did not come back anymore. My point is this, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you in your life, even through baptism waters and give you the power not to feed on dead flesh all your life. Give you the power to decide, I'm not just going to settle for the dead carcasses of culture. I'm not just going to settle for the dead carcasses of what I think feels good but I've gotten a power and an authority to let the Holy Spirit actually lead me to peace, real peace, not the peace I've been trying to satisfy myself with. And so as you go, as you take steps of water baptism, man, there's this power in it from the Holy Spirit. There's power and thank God power leads us to peace. Man, I have a guide that tells me, you know what? Don't land on that. Don't, don't, don't eat from that. That's dead. Come on, anybody. Can anybody relate? Come on, we all got flesh in here. And, and just because the waters freed Noah and, those, and their family from the, from the sinful flesh of humanity in that moment, they still needed the Holy Spirit to help them discern what, what was, what, where they were headed and what they could partake of. Does that make sense? Number two, believe for power and peace. Number three, the Father's voice comes from heaven. So Jesus goes into the water, the heavens open, uh, the dove descends upon him, and now the Father's voice comes from heaven. 
Uh, number three, believe God's voice in your life. Believe for God's voice in your life. I just want to encourage some of you. Some of you haven't heard God speak to you or you don't feel like you're worthy for God to speak to you. You think, well, I don't have my life together enough. I, I, I can't talk to him right. Can I just tell you that you, you, just, you can talk to him daily. You can open up the word of God. You can talk to God every day. It's simple conversation. It's just like we're talking. You don't, you don't need a preacher voice. If I, if I ever put a preacher voice on, will y'all fire me? You don't need a special cadence. You, you, don't, you don't need to be so perfect and so holy. You don't need to talk to him like full. Uh, have you ever met people like they just talk to you normal and then they'll start praying? They're like, Father, oh, I'm like, you, that, you, just, changed, you just changed people. It's not who you are. Like, why would we go to God like that? Why would we be different talking to God? Like, oh, I, wouldn't be, I would talk to you, 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 us the same way I talk to God. He's a friend. He's a father. Like, just, you can talk to him every day. In your worst moment, in your most chaotic moment, the, the heavens open and the father's voice comes from heaven. You and I can believe for God's actual voice to speak to us and talk to us. Years ago, I was doing at-home sales. I worked from home and I had three little kids. And man, it was chaotic in my house. And I would go up and lock myself in the bedroom and I would sh shout if, we, if I got a phone call from someone important. And how many you know, if you've ever done sales uh, from home or you're, you're getting a deal, I had a young family. I was making $35,000 a year with three kids and, and I got a little car allowance. It wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot to live on. And, and I was believing for sales. Like I needed sales. And so my kids were yelling. I'd get a call back from a potential sale and I wanted peace in the house. I'm like, everybody, shut up. I'm like, babe, like, get the kids. I got a phone call at 1.55. Get the kids all for their nap. Get everybody quiet. Our life depends on it. If you want to eat next week, we'll have silence in the house. You know what I mean? And, and so the sales call would come in, and I'm up in the room, and I'd hear kids banging around. I'm like, stop, like, stop, quiet. And, and, but I'm on the phone. I'm like, ah, ah. I'm trying to get stressful. Whenever my father would call, whenever my dad would call, it's a total different picture. I'm like, hey, dad, what's up? Hey, kids, shut up in there. Be quiet. Dad's on the phone. Hey, babe, something's burning on the stove. Hey, could y'all, hey, dad, dad, I gotta call, dad, I gotta call you back. I'm sorry, I'll call you back. Okay, so no problem. Hang up. And then call him back. I had full access to my father to have conversation anytime I wanted and everything didn't have to be perfect in the environment. Some of you think that you have to be perfect. Your environment has to have no chaos. You have, to be, you have to have everything settled before you can talk to God or he wants to listen to you. Can I just encourage you? No, he's your father. You have access to him anytime. You go, dad, life's crazy right now. I'm gonna get back to you tomorrow morning at five. You know what I need. Help me get through the day. Jesus next. You know, you, you can talk to God all the time. Believe for his voice in your life, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I, I just think there's something special in water baptism that the voice of God becomes clear in a new way. Uh, the next thought, number four, he says, this is my beloved son, my chosen or marked son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my chosen son. Number four, believe for God's acceptance in your life. These are just simple today, but some of us walk around all our life looking for this. Believe for acceptance. All of us want to belong somewhere. Look around you. This is the family of God. I was, I was a couple weeks ago, we had a family member of our church just going through a horrific time. We had 25 people show up in their living room, praying, believe in God. 
having pizza together. This, this is the family of God. We all want to belong somewhere. We join fraternities. We join sports teams. We, we, we join clubs. We join groups. We join outings. This is the house and family of God. There's no greater thing to belong to than the house and family of God. You're accepted by God. You, it's literally, he says, you're, you're his chosen and marked one. You're accepted by God. My daughter, when she was three or four, uh, Anna, many of you know her. She's 15. She turned 15 this week. And uh, we took her out last night to Stock and Barrel. Come on, she's, a, she's an amazing young girl. I wanted to have, I need, can, we need to get flowers for her today. Can we do that? Let's do that. I'll get them. Maybe we can present them to her in uh, second service and embarrass her. Um, I'm not saying you do that. I'm just saying, I'm looking at my wife right here. <laughs> we need to do that. We'll figure it out. Um, she, she was probably three or four years old. And, um, and I looked at her one day and I said, baby, I said, I, I chose you. I chose you. And she was probably, what, probably four. I don't know. And I just started making a big deal. I'm like, baby, I chose. And she's sharp. I was like, I chose you. Daddy chose you. She goes, no, you didn't. You had me. <laughs> I was like. She's right. She's right. I was like, you're right, babe. And I switched it up. I said, you know what? But I would pick you again every time. I'd pick you again every time. Some of you feel like God just had you, that he just had to put up with you, that he just got what he got when, you, when, he, when he chose. That, you know, you were just kind of, you know, all, all of this, God just had to deal with you. No, the reality is God says to you today, he picked you. That, that he chose you, that he picked you, that he knew all your flaws, all your failures, all your shortcomings, everything that you would ever walk through. And God still says, I choose you. I pick you. I want you in my family. I want you on my team. I'm so thankful. Could you believe for God's acceptance in your life? Galatians 4, 6 says this. And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Literally, there's this spirit of God in you crying out, Dad, God, Dad, Dad. Like the Holy Spirit's job in your life is to remind you of the blessings and benefits of being God's kids, of being adopted and accepted by God. And I, I just want to reinforce that voice to you today that you are accepted by God. And the last phrase, number five, and we're going to uh, move into water baptism Number five, it says, God says, in whom I am well pleased. He says, you are my chosen marked son in whom I am well pleased. Number five, believe for God's approval in your life. Not, not just God's acceptance. Acceptance is one thing. Approval is a whole nother thing. He's saying, you know what? This is my son that I approve of. This is my son that I believe in. This is my son. I, I'm doing a lot of children references today because my kids, but like all growing up, my children, and this is a moment with the father and the son, my kids, like my, whenever your boys want to fight you or your daughter wants to, my daughter tries to wrestle now too with me. And when they, they're trying to fight me or wrestle or, or hit me, they're trying to say, dad, do I have what it takes? Dad, am I strong enough? Dad, do I have the goods? Dad, do you believe in me? Dad, can I make it out there in the world? Come on. Anybody ever felt like, can I make it out there in the world? Like, do I have somebody that approves of me? We're all looking for it. If you don't get the approval of your father, you're going to look for it from somewhere in this world. Other, if you don't get it from Father God, if you don't get it from a natural father, you're going to look from it from a bottle or from a girlfriend or a boyfriend or sex or relationships or money or status. And God's saying, I approve of you. That you, you are his beloved son in whom he's well pleased. Like in Jesus, we all mess up. We've all got messes in our life, but he approves of you because of Jesus. He says, you, you got what it takes. You, you, can, you, can, you can be blessed 
in the things that I have for you. I'm going to give an Old Testament story and then I'm going to pray. I promise I'm landing this plane. Second Samuel 9, 1 through 3 and 11 through 13. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. When you're wondering if you have what it takes or if God's interested in approving of you, David says this. Now David said, is there still anyone who's left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Isn't it cool that God's looking for people to show kindness to for Jesus' sake? God's looking for sons of Saul to show kindness to for Jesus' sake. And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they called him to David, the king said to him, are you Ziba? David's a picture of Jesus. He said, at your service. Then the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul whom I may show kindness of God to? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who's lame in his feet. It's a picture of humanity. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my Lord, this is verse 11, I jumped, according to all that my Lord king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, that's the, that's, that's the descendant of Saul, that's Jonathan's son. As for Mephibosheth, said king, he shall eat at my table like the other king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both his feet. Isn't it interesting that the scriptures record twice that this young man's lame in his feet? In that day and age, to have some kind of uh, situation like that, you weren't even allowed in the king's presence. Religion and rules and, and all the different nuances. They didn't even let you come around. And David goes, can I, is there anybody for God's sake that I can show kindness to? Jesus is looking in the earth saying, is there anybody for God's sake that I can approve and show kindness to? Is there anybody that, that might be lame in their own strength or their own ability or their own feet or their own ways? Anybody that's lame in some areas of their life that can't strengthen themselves? Is there anybody that needs some help? And David says, you know what? Let this young man eat at my table the rest of his days. And this young man pulls up to the king's table. And can I tell you what looked lame couldn't be seen or looked at anymore when he was scooted up to the king's table? There was no picture of infirmity. There was no picture of brokenness. He was just at God's table, approved of, to eat like the other king's sons. Can I tell you that you are kings and queens here? You are, you are the king's kids in here and God approves of you? I know, I know that some of you might feel like, man, I'm not lame at my feet. Well, we all are. We all need Christ. And I, I, I want to encourage you today. Maybe you haven't taken that step of water baptism. We have brothers and sisters over here, man. I'm telling you, all, that, all those things I shared today, apply those to your life as, we, as you take these steps. We're going to celebrate. There's another amazing story in the scriptures. Baptism shows up a second time before the New Testament. It shows up when God's kids are coming out of Egypt. And they, and they flee Egypt and they put the blood on the door of their house and that's salvation and they walk through the blood and the death angel and the wrath doesn't touch their family. And then they go into the desert and they begin to go follow God, but Egypt's still chasing them. Many of us have given our lives to Christ, but Egypt's still chasing you. Many of you go, why can't I get free from this? Or why do I keep giving into this habit? Or why do I keep going back to that relationship? Or why do I keep going back to that mindset? Or why does this keep happening? Because Egypt's still chasing you. Egypt chases all of us. Satan doesn't want to let his army go. And so God's people walk out into the wilderness and Moses comes to the edge of the Red Sea when they think everything's over and Moses raises the staff. The water opens and God's kids go down into the water. 
They go through the water and they come up out of the water. The water sets God's kids free into a new promised land, a new commandment, a new kingdom, a new direction. But it drowns the old Egyptian army and actually kills all of the satanic army that's chasing his people. That, that's a picture of water baptism. And so maybe Egypt's chasing you today. We're going to take a minute. We're going to celebrate. And we're going to believe God with our brothers and sisters. And I'm just going to be bold and ask you, like, like, if you're here today and you hear me preaching, like, maybe you need a fresh start with God. Maybe you need to come to Christ for the very first time today. I want to pray for you. Maybe you need to come back to Christ. Maybe you've been leading it on your own and trying to make your own way. You need to say, you know what? I, gotta, I need you again in my life, Jesus. Or maybe you need to take a step of water baptism today and take a step of faith. Maybe you were saved years ago and you know you've never taken a faith step into that water. Would you bow your heads with me and pray with me real quick? Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for faith steps today, God. We give you glory and honor and praise in this place. We thank you that you, you opened up heaven because of Jesus. Lord, we, we, we can only do what we can do because of Jesus. We only obey because of Jesus. We're approved because of Jesus. We're accepted because of Jesus. We're, we're, we're able to talk to you because of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.